You said your sister-in-law killed a man and a woman here and cut them up? You said they found hands and feet, but they never found any heads. Hi, everyone. Hi. We back. <laughs> Always. Again. Oh, we back. What's happening? Hope everybody had a good weekend. Yeah. And I'm sorry that it's the Monday. week has just begun. Yeah. So hopefully we can make it better with yeah. this episode. At least for an hour or so. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you want to get right into it? Yeah. Yeah. This one's a little long. So. Oh, that's what she said. Yeah. That is what she said. Indeed. Mm-hmm. Well, let's uh, let's get right in. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome, welcome. Let's hit it. All right. This is the tale of the Texas Family Massacre. Uh, not to be confused with the chainsaw. No, no, not the chainsaw. Okay. No, not like a ham. Like a ham. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> so. In 1990, in Garland, Texas, Penny Lynn Daly, she was 21, and Terry Coffey, he was 24. They met at a revival meeting. Coffee or Caffey? Caffey. Did I say coffee? Did you say coffee? I think so. Uh, Terry Caffey. It's one of those. It's Caffey. What year was this again? I'm sorry. 1990. Got it. In 1990. (laughs) In Garland, Texas, I'm here. Penny and Terry met at a revival meeting. Cool. Uh, sparks flew immediately. Penny played the piano for her church. Um, Terry was studying to become an ordained minister, a dream that he had had since he, had, he was a child. It's a little confusing because, because Terry is more of a female name. Yeah, so that's why I was trying to not, you know, just run through it here. Not gay sex. No, no, not at all. Um, Penny <laughs> and Terry, male, uh, both strong in Christian faith. Uh, they, again, were both involved in church, in the same church. So they quickly met um, and kind of were just into each other Very and in, do as you do each with other Christian and faith. And into they, churchy stuff. Yeah, so they pretty quickly got married, um, settled down in uh, in Texas, just you know near the church. They attended My- uh, Miracle Faith Baptist Church. All right. Yeah. From there, Penny started playing the piano for the Christian group, the Gaston Singers. What? It's from Texas, so I'm sh- I'm assuming it's actually Gaston, but Gaston. Yeah. Um, but she played the piano for this Christian. But group. hold on, like they're like are they like a touring? Yeah. Music group. They're like a well, I don't know if they were touring, touring. Um, but they're like the group within the church. Oh, uh, most of the time that's how they start. They're like a doo-wop group. Let me pull them up real quick. Yeah. Um, they're like they're like a doo-wop group. Yeah. They're behind the church with a barrel. Yeah. Um, well, it, it's going to take too long to find Your that boyfriend out. Wait, Ross. Don't get stuck. Don't get stuck on the Christian group. It barely has anything to do with it. All right, whatever. Moving on. So, anyway, she's playing piano for the church and for this group. He's... Um, uh, a lay preacher trying to become an ordained minister. So both very involved in church basically their whole lives. Uh, they met in 1990. They get married. They soon have their first child, a daughter named Aaron. She was born in 1991. Then they had a son named Matthew. They called him Bubba. So I'm going to ca- refer to him as Bubba from now on. That's Bubba, everyone. Yeah, he was born in 1994. And then they had a final child named Tyler, who was born in 1999. 1999. Who was a black line? It's 1999. <laughs> Tyler was born in 1999. 
Terry and Penny were described as uh, great parents. They were obviously very uh, Christian, brought that into their, no. to their every bit of their lives. So people were saying that they thought that they were really protective, but some said that they were maybe a little overly protective due to their religious... Um, overly churchy. Yeah. Well, just that they were a little more hands-on or they were a little more um, hesitant to let their kids make mistakes because they are... They were like in the... It's like if the church had a helicopter. So they're helicopter church parents. Basically. Um, and the one they were most specifically um, protective over was obviously Erin, the, the girl. So She was the middle one? She was the oldest. Oh, the oldest. But, so she's the oldest and she's uh, the only born daughter. Born in 91. 91, yeah. So she, um, so nonetheless, the family was really close-knit. The s- children were obviously strong in their faith as well. Um, Bubba would witness to anyone who would listen. So basically, like, if you just got on a conversation with him and God came up and he was like, well, can I, like, tell you why you should come to, you know, the fate? Uh, and he would just, like, just one of those kids. Say, hey, man, you know there's a religion where you get to, like, walk from door to door and do this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It might benefit you. <laughs> yeah. Erin um, <clears throat> was, she was in the uh, church choir and she was known for becoming very emotional when she sang. Oh, she like put the one finger in her ear yeah, and like yeah, find yeah. her pitch and yeah. then do the Christina Aguilera finger with the yeah, other hand. Yeah, but she would she would also cry like during her solos because she was so moved Just in her so love for God. She feels Jesus. it. Yeah. Uh, sometimes she would have to stop in mid verse to compose herself. I literally just can't. <laughs> I li- I can't. Yeah. The family attended church every Sunday. They were present at all of the Bible studies that took place on Wednesday nights. Um, they Wednesday church. You <laughs> fucking people. <laughs> they spent hours every day at home singing the gospels together. Penny would play the piano. Bubba would play the guitar and the Wh- harmonica. And Aaron would sing. Wednesday church is like having extra homework. It's like you already are doing something you don't want to do. Can I have extra, please? Yeah. Terrific. Sorry, not important. Moving on. So the whole family come with her. played musical instruments. They, they were all musically, yeah, they were all musically inclined, and that's what that that was like a family thing for so them. They were to, a do up group. They, it's yeah. nice to have a boyfriend. Like <laughs> 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 Ross. Um, <clears throat> so faith was obviously the cornerstone of their lives. Um, they had a polished cedar plank that hung above the driveway. So like when you pulled up to their house. Um, it read their, the name of the, the Caffies and um, Joshua 2415, which I'm going to hit me with it. Hit you with it. This is the new King James version. Oh, by the this way. is the new and improved. Anyone we made some, know? we made some. Yeah, uh, anyway, touch, this we is. We touched the, this one up. This is, yeah, whatever. So it's a, the, that verse is, and if it seems evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom ye will serve. Whether the gods which your father served that were on the other sides of the flood are the gods of the Amorites, in which land ye dwell. But as for me and my home, we serve the Lord. So it's basically saying if it's feel, if you seem it's evil to serve the Lord, then you need to choose right now who you serve. But we serve the Lord. But also... He ye moo, moo ye ha he me ye may all or of me ya ye ya. So, yeah, I know that makes total sense. And that's why we still pay attention to things that are written like this okay. because they're so clear. Yeah. So, and that's still how we talk now. Yeah. So, to sum it up, 
they serve the Lord. Good. Terrific. You need three lines to tell somebody that. I like it. So Tommy, Ye. one of the members of the group that Penny Pate played for, the Christian group, the doo-wop group, she, he said, I, this is a quote from him. He said, I know there's no such thing as perfect, but in my book, the coffees were. Caffies? Caffies. Sorry, the caffies were. It's easier to say coffees. <laughs> It's only Coffee. because of that one guy. Um, Just think it's a Kathy So shop. basically saying that the family was every bit exactly what you wanted them to be. For sure. Yeah. Um, in 2004, the family moved from, it, they were in like the um, one area and they just moved to like just over to another side of the, it's like, it's all the same basic place. Like, it's like they're in the same county, but they're just moving to a different part of it. Okay. So, and they did that so they could be closer to the church. Like, physically closer to <clears throat> the building. Physically. They're now only six miles away from the church. As opposed to? Like, I think, like, 20 or 30 or something. Oh, well, I'm significantly closer yeah. then. They were, t- um, Penny and Terry, the parents, were also now serving as youth ministers. So, obviously, they were wanted to be there as much as possible. For a uh, spaghetti bowling night and pizza beanbag chair circles and, and all shit. the lock-ins yeah 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 um the area that they had moved into so it's it's celeste texas it's a small community there's only about 500 people in or around like the town area yeah so very small everyone pretty much knew each other terry the father he was working as like a health aide so he worked locally in healthcare. also was you know the lay preacher and going to become the ordained minister and had done all that stuff so they're just you know it's a small town everyone knows who they are penny's still playing piano all the kids are in school everyone knows each other in this town can't emphasize that enough so the kids were initially enrolled in public school they had um attended and passed so when they moved they were still going to public school it didn't seem weird to do anything different uh, <clears throat> Aaron was in eighth grade at that point. She was at Rains Junior High School. She was 13. Bubba and Tyler were enrolled in Rains Elementary. Um, Bubba was 10 and Tyler was five. So, you know, fresh in school. Yeah. So within a month of the school year starting, an incident happened at the junior high school that upset Penny and Terry greatly. And they immediately pulled all all of their children out of public school and Penny began teaching them a Bible-based curriculum at home. What was the thing? I'll get there in a second. Because of this incident, they said that besides that, they thought that Erin would maybe benefit from homeschooling anyway because she had been diagnosed with ADD earlier that year and was already lagging behind the children, uh, the other kids in school, even though they had only been there for a month. So they were like, well, we were already kind of thinking about this anyway for her. But they yoinked all the rest of them out, too. The incident was um, there was a girl who had shown signs of interest in Aaron. And one day she cornered Aaron in the hallway and kissed her. And her parents were like, whoa. Whoa, 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 whoa. Bisexuality, serious threat in their minds. I mean, obviously. Aaron, I don't think we need to let you know that we do not play that shit. Yeah, we don't do that shit. Terry said his family was shocked um, by the culture of bisexuality and the growing acceptance of it. And they they thought that it was just going to start confusing Aaron and Satan's in that school. Yeah. And they just they just didn't want her there and didn't want her around it. And they around all those gays. Yeah. Satan loving weirdos. (laughs) Yeah. They just they just 
we're like, nah, it's better to homeschool. For sure. hundred percent. Aaron. Because we, we're normal. Go yeah, ahead. So Aaron, however, did, hated it. Hated homeschooling. Homeschool? Yeah. She felt really isolated. She had a revolving door between school at home, home at home, and going to church down the road six miles. Yeah. I got to stay at home. Yeah. There's zero girls kissing me here. <laughs> I don't know if she necessarily cared about that anyway. That's what I mean. Yeah. I don't... I, I She's probably like, whoa, that's... Weird. That's different. And, yeah. But whatever. And then maybe just told her parents like, hey, something different happened today. Yeah. And they just fucking lost yeah. it. So Aaron started rebelling somewhat just in, you know, I mean, she's a 16. Perfect so age. She, or she's becoming. 13, right? Well, she's 13. This is 13. Um, but. Oh, they've been homeschooled for a couple yeah. years. Yeah. We're going to jump ahead a little bit. All right. So. Um, <clears throat> so she. Yeah. I mean, as much as you can rebel when you go to school at home and you're at home and then you go to church down the road <laughs> yeah so in july 2007 aaron turned 16 she got her driver's license and she had an old chevy pickup that she was allowed to drive i don't oh. know if it was a family car if that was like given to her specifically the good old boy ride yeah pretty much her parents allowed her to get a job as well uh there was a sonic the the drive the really restaurant i guess yeah because i guess they didn't have chick-fil-a's yet <laughs> yeah. so she get yeah. a nice christian fast well, food job the, the sonic was fairly close to the house so oh well that's I, there may have been a chick-fil-a it just may was probably further too down far away too far away just go to sonic yeah so she was she was allowed to work at sonic she was the only car hop car hop that worked at sonic that would serve the food on roller skates so everyone i was i, I was about to ask if she was on roller skates oh yeah yeah so she, she was the only one that would do it and so every she was like you know why really you know it's not like mandatory i don't think so it's really I've definitely but not, it's not I've mandatory definitely been to sonics where they just not mandatory but an it. option yeah it would have been sick if you could have done that when you worked at lowe's like it, well i mean do you want rollerblades it's a big place uh sure yes, please. i would love that just skate up and be like, what up? See how you're going what backwards. Some plywood. <laughs> sup, sup, Just sup. Mike, Michael Scott in it through. Yeah. Yeah. Plumbing shit's over there. Yeah. That way. So, yeah. So, she was wildly popular amongst the customers. She was really sweet and kind. So, all of her coworkers liked her. And um, that was her only tiny bit of independence. So, it was basically oh my God, what she, she probably, lived for. Yeah, she probably like the only teenager that absolutely loves going to work. Oh, yeah. It, a co-worker said that Erin, this is her, her quote, she was so sheltered. <laughs> it was like she was seeing the world for the first time. The, in, the same co-worker said that um, the first time a boy asked for Erin's number, the Erin just kind of ran back to her and was like, he just asked for my number. And she was like did you give it to her or give it to him? And he's, she was like, well, no, cause my mom would probably answer the phone. Uh, good point. It's like, also well, you didn't ask, was he cute? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. They probably talked about this that. trash factory came up and we're like, Hey girl, <laughs> no. here's my, here's, can I get your number? I don't think like, that's the deal. I know I should have given it to him, but I don't, I don't know. I, yeah, I just, I don't know. So I don't know. Uh, so Aaron was cute. She was petite, um, small girl. She had a flirty smile. She adored attention and she, any and all of it, she would have been the one that would have like loved working at Lowe's, even with the CD contractors who are just, well, how are you today, little darling? Yeah. The ones that I'm like, fine. Yeah. I'm good. <laughs> yeah. How are you? Yeah. Uh, she, Aaron basically thrived on attention. When she started working at the Sonic, boys would start showing up. Uh, regularly during her shifts. You seen that uh, that girl out there on skates, bro? <laughs> well, it's a small town, and she's a cute girl, and she was very sweet. Uh, these boys even started attending uh, the Baptist church. 
the miracle faith. Going to church for that ass. Going to church. <laughs> My lord, she must have been a looker. <laughs> well, they would show up to Sonic. <clears throat> I can't think of a girl f- right now being a teenager. Not one fucking girl in my school could have been like, Daniel, uh, you want to go to church? Go to with church? Me? Like, uh, fuck no. <laughs> see you next week. Are you kidding me? I'll see you at 1201. This girl must have been a 12. No, she wasn't. Okay. I mean, she's cute. I, that Maybe that's a little rude for me to say. <laughs> no, she absolutely wasn't. <laughs> no, I just think it's, she was a very sweet, very bubbly girl. Well, and, and also you said it's a, it's a small town. She's the only one on roller skates. Well, and, and the fun. Sonic seemed also, maybe maybe that was like the teen hangout. So I think that, I mean, it's outside. It's yeah, Texas. Yeah. So Sonics are the I'm shit. I'm assuming they were just like chilling out yeah, there. Yeah, there's spots and to so, hang out outside. Yeah, so she would, you know, they would all be like, hey, Aaron. And she'd be like, ah. Do you guys want to come to church? And they were like, yeah. Will you bring some of those chili cheese tots? <laughs> Give me your tots. Can I have the tots before we go in the church? <laughs> yeah. So um, a lot of them would go to church and, and several of them credit her for bringing them closer to God. Oh, cripes. Um, even though they were originally there just to try to date yeah, her. I'm like, really? I'm Aaron, dude. You don't even know how close I'm getting, like yeah. with Jesus and shit, dude. <laughs> I mean, we're like, we're like really close. We're so close. Um, most of the boys said that Aaron oozed with innocence and naivete, like just didn't, you know, just didn't. She was just very innocent. Well, and also and she's like the attention, so everything was like, even if you have a weird ass guy, be like, hey, I like those skates, girl. It's like, like, oh, thank you, yeah. thank you so much. You're like so oblivious. You're like, he's just so nice. <laughs> that guy is really, really nice. Yeah. So the one in the overcoat. Yeah. She. She seemed. Yeah. She definitely didn't understand that the boys were at church to try to like get with her and her friends, not become closer to God. No, they're just she. She's really mm-hmm. good at getting people into God. Yeah. So one day, uh, shortly after some of these boys started showing up at the church, a new youth director um, had like started working there. Uh, and walked out after service and caught Aaron making out with one of the boys. Uh oh! Like, out, outside of church. Uh oh! And before this guy even got back to like her parents to talk to her about it, someone else, other church members, came up and they were like, "Yeah, Aaron's been making out with that guy. He was on. They were on a picnic table earlier, and he had his hand up her shirt. Yowza! Which is pretty crazy at a Baptist church. Uh, so then yeah, he's rounding second at church. Oh yeah. So the. <laughs> <laughs> I could make a softball joke, but uh, I don't know if they had if they had church softball in Texas. I oh, assume they did. Oh, you bet your sweet ass yeah. they did. I got a concussion at a church softball game. People get fired up there Bullshit. too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, the youth director took Aaron and the boy to her parents and told what happened. And Aaron's like, "Well, you know, he's my boyfriend. It's okay." And she's like, "Can I invite him over to the house so you guys can get to know him?" And Penny and Terry were like, "No." He had his hand up your shirt, and you haven't even introduced us. We're here. You could have brought him over and said hi first. So hold on. It's cool to meet him pre-hand up shirt? No. But not after? Well, they were just pissed in general that she just was trying to brush it off, that this isn't a big deal, like, and okay. you guys just need to get to know him. Well, do you want to meet him? Because he could just be kind of a sweet kid that likes tits. He doesn't have to be a jerk-off just because the kid likes tits. Yeah, but they don't like that Aaron's already allowed uh, this boy in. Obviously, obviously. So they're, hey, they're done. They're out. Hey, that's your parenting there, bro. Yeah. So what are, what are we going to do? You don't want to meet this kid? He could be awesome. That's could be true. super into doesn't church. doesn't matter. He's into your daughter. Could be just as into church as he is into tits. Maybe a little more. <laughs> but you won't even give him a chance. <clears throat> nope. 
Um, not at all. So they told <laughs> they told Aaron he couldn't see that boy anymore. You can't see that boy no more. <laughs> so that's when Aaron met a boy named Charlie Wilkinson. He was not the most polished guy uh, to show interest in Aaron. He was. Uh, everyone was like, "He's always broke," and I was like, "Well, he's a teenager." So I heard he ate a duck once. <laughs> Did you eat a duck? Everything but the. F- Feet and beak. <laughs> he drove a crappy 1991 Ford Explorer that had to be push started. What year? 1991. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> I had that shit. That's yeah. what I drove in high school. I What's that's up? Why I included the year. Hold on. What color was it? Uh, I couldn't find it. Uh, mine was khaki. Uh, yes. <laughs> Bro, that's my ride. Well, let's just hope. Did you have to push start yours? Uh, no, it seemed to start just with the whole key turning thing. <laughs> um, we'll just say that he had a tan for I like explore. it. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Uh, Charlie was good looking, according to Aaron. He had sandy blonde hair, uh, light blue eyes. A he sick fucking uh, Ford Explorer. Yeah. He always wore Wranglers, black cowboy boots, and an oversized black Western hat. Oh, well, shit. Yeah, yeah bud. That's what I'm talking about, dude. His, Come on now. His MySpace name was Hillbilly. Hillbilly, Hillbilly 92. Hillbilly. So would you like to call him Hillbilly from now on? We can call him, what is his name? Charlie. There is a Charles in this story. Then Hillbilly. It is. Or Cowboy. We can call him Cowboy. Or Shit Hillbilly yeah. is a little weird. Or A-Bud. Which one you want? Or what's going on? We can call him any of those things. We'll go with Hillbilly. Or Wrangler. We'll go with Cowboy. Let's see how we put Cowboy. All right, Cowboy works. So Charlie is now Cowboy, guys. Cowboy is her new thing. Her new boy, yeah. So, Cowboy was a senior in high school. He met Aaron at the Sonic a few weeks before that school year started. Um, He had just returned home from boot camp at Fort Sill in um, Oklahoma. How old is he? He's, he is 17. So, he's just in boot camp leading up to, like, everything. I think you can join. Huh? Well, he's in the National Guard. Uh, it's, okay, whatever. Uh, whatever. I won't question it. He's not in service yet. He's in boot camp okay so before senior year so anyway he lived out in the country of the area uh with his father stepmother he had two step siblings and one half sister so pretty big family just like aaron you know several siblings his father worked at the paper mill outside of dallas um and his bio bio biological mother he only saw like once or twice. So, you know, he came from a family. He had, he had his core family. He didn't really see his mom very much, but he had definitely a good support system. Um, they didn't really have any issues with each other, even though they were step family, they were perfectly fine. So yeah. Not really that weird. Um, he was an avid hunter. He spent most of his time fishing or tracking wild hogs and was uh, very, very good with a firearm, he as most his, boys are. He spent his time cowboying, dude. Yeah, he's, he's a cowboy. He's out there cowboying. Yeah, so that part of Texas, it's just kind of a thing that you grow up doing anyway. Shit, yeah. yeah. So Cowboy planned to go into active duty after graduation. So he was going to go into the active duty for the National Guard. So that's why he was already like signed up and going to boot camp, even yeah. though he was a senior in high school. Cool. So, Char- um, excuse me, Cowboy and Aaron both said that they had an instant vibe upon meeting when Aaron glided up to him at the Sonic and on he, her skates. And he roped her. <laughs> <laughs> So Cowboy seemed to be a good guy with a strong head on his shoulder. Uh, his future, you know, had one a future shoulder. goal in mind on his shoulders. Just got one of them. Shut up. <laughs> he had a goal in mind. He'd never been arrested, had no serious discipline problems at school. He was a little hot-headed, 
and students said that it was pretty easy to get a ride out a rise out of him. Um, so they were like kind of tease him and pick yeah, like on him until he would get angry. Yeah, kind of like my brother. It's like, hey, cowboy. You could be like, you suck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You suck, and he'd be like, fuck. Um, apparently, like when it would get too ang, when he would get just like where he would red ross it, he would either like just strike his desk, probably like a, and like. You know, slam his, I don't want to slam the table, but slam the desk or just storm out of the classroom. Um, But he always walked away from a fight. So they were like, he wasn't violent. He was just hot-headed. And that's probably just because he's a teenager. He probably went out in the hallway or in the bathroom and threw a bunch of fucking uh shadow punches yeah like, and then he's like he's like he's talking tough in there it's like come on you want to fu- you fucking you fucking want some you want some that's where he gets all his aggression out yeah yeah yeah. then he jerks off and he comes back and to he class comes back and everything's good and everyone's like okay you good cowboy you've been gone for a while cowboy <laughs> so throughout the fall cowboy visited uh he would visit erin when she was at the sonic working he would just stop by and see her typically every shift for Halloween that year, um, she dressed up as a 50s car hop. Oh, God, how adorable. Uh, yeah, she, he, she wore a, uh, a homemade pink and white poodle skirt, and she had a pink scarf that she Ugh, knotted. So fucking precious. And Yeah, and so Cowboy said that shortly after that, when he finally had the nerve to like ask her out and be like, will you... His bitch ass be better have shown up as Danny Zuko. Um, I did not confirm that, but boom, I would boom, hope so. Boom, 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 boom. boom. by that point a friend said charlie was already totally in love with aaron and considered her his soulmate he would talk about aaron 24 hours a day seven days a week and if this was 2019 he'd put one of those stupid fucking pink deer and black deer (laughs) make it like two deers making a heart face on his truck yeah shit yeah yeah shit yeah Aaron returned the intense feelings as well. She was instantly taken with Cowboy and seemed to be infatuated with him from the very start. Despite the fact that Aaron was 16, her parents would not allow Cowboy to take Aaron out alone. Like, without one of them there? Like, they weren't allowed to go out on a date. I either I, I assume that they would, they would drive her and... Yeah. Drop her off and probably eat at the same restaurant. That's what I mean. Or it's like, oh, you guys want to go to the mall? Or you go in a group. Like, yeah. Okay, go yeah. to the mall. There's the food court. I'll be in front of JCPenney's on this bench. Yeah. But I'll be able to fucking see you yeah, yeah. the whole time. Basically, even though, I mean, 16's a pretty... I mean, 16's a pretty you're normal kinda, age you're to start pushing dating. pushing it with yeah. the, oh, I'll tail your date. Yeah. So... <clears throat> the two were able to manage to spend some time together alone anyway. Uh, Cowboy would drop by the Sonic every afternoon during Aaron's half an hour break. Um, oh, yeah, that's definite teenage puppy love oh, shit. I remember yeah. doing that. Yep. And at night, this is... This hey, is you got this four minutes? I'll be there in a minute. I'll be there in a minute. <laughs> we'll hang out for a second. This has you all over it. Uh, at night, uh, Cowboy was a frequent guest at the family home, though he was pushed out the door at 9 p.m. <laughs> So he constantly was over at Terry and Penny's house hanging out with Aaron. Well, you get to the door at nine because that's when you need to be leaving. Mm -hmm. But then you talk with the door open for like 15 to 28 more minutes. (laughs) And then (laughs) then you start heading home and then you got to get home an hour late. Well then, so on and so, so on. So he was he was out the door at nine nine p.m. on the dot. Getting the boot. Yeah, getting the boot. After they said their short goodbye at the door, yeah. which was there was no hanging out for twenty minutes, um, Aaron would then go upstairs and call him, 
and talk to him until her 10 p.m. phone curfew. Oh, so then they'd come shut the door on that. Yeah. Um, so she didn't have a, f- I don't think she had a phone in a room. I think maybe they had a cell phone that, well, I mean, at this point, she probably de- definitely had a cell phone that she was able to use, but I think they took it from her at night. Oh, okay. So that's, so yeah. So there was no chance of getting it. She was allowed to talk till 11 PM on weekends. Oh, yeah. bitching. So again, at 16 years old, she can't, her boyfriend can't be there past nine, Just. I guess reasonable. I can go out on a movie. <laughs> I can go to a movie on a school night like that. Like that. Um, <laughs> she couldn't talk on the phone past 10 and then 11 on weekends. So that's when Cowboy was like, all right, well, I have one other option to see you more. I'm going to start attending church. Oh, shit. So he starts going to Miracle uh, Miracle Faith, sitting with the family during services. Um, the pastor said that Cowboy seemed to be a nice boy. It's I bet everyone at the church is like, we have like a, it's like a shitload of 16 year old boys in this bitch all of a sudden. Yeah. What's well, happening? You know, when I was 16, we had quite a youth group, like 30 to 30 or th- 30 it, to like 40. Was it people. all dicks with, because of one super cute roller skating no, girl? No, no. I mean, we had, we, there was definitely a mix. A mix. Exactly. I'm but talking there, about this. There is were like, times when there were more guys there and it was like, why are you all here? The pussy, and it was bro. Normally here when, for the pussy, bro. When you found out like, oh, uh, like Jessica's single and it's like, oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. I've been getting really into God lately because uh, I heard that bitch got dumped. So, yeah. and especially in this area where, you know, Christianity is something that it's all the right it's all the right it's what you do what are you doing wednesday (laughs) bitch you already know what i'm doing wednesday (laughs) spaghetti lock in (laughs) so the pastor said that he was a nice boy he seemed to um be respectful to both the family and the people of the church and and aaron herself so he told penny and terry not to worry about the relationship and he was like i think that the obsessive wanting to be together it's just puppy love oh absolutely it'll go away so by that december um well, that school year, Bubba, who was now 13, and Tyler, who was now 8, they were already back in public school. They had told their parents... Like, fuck this. Yeah, they were like, We didn't get kissed. Yeah, they were like, we miss our, our friends, we need social interactions, we want to join sports teams, we'd like to go back to school. Yeah, we'd like to grow up as normal people, please. Yeah, so they went back, um, but Aaron was still being homeschooled. So she was desperate for separation. She had really, you know, isolated feelings. She started getting really depressed. So she begged her parents in December, can I please go back to school in the upcoming semester? Like, it's like you know, when the, the spring semester starts, can I just go back? Once yeah. Christmas breaks over. And Penny, the mother at that time, was eager to free up some time because she needed to go back to work to earn some extra income for the family. Um, because they were trying to make some changes with, you know, like the house and stuff. So they needed some extra money. And so she was like, okay, well, we'll allow you to go back to school when the um, holiday break is over. You'll start as a freshman at the, you know, but we're like, we, we're going to have some restrictions, but we'll allow you to go back to public I mean, school. I am going to be sitting in the back of all your classes, yeah. but... You can go. So she, so Aaron went when school started back again in January. She went back as a freshman, and it was the same school where Cowboy was a senior. So now they're in the same school together. Oh shit! Un. Uh oh. Supervised. Especially the those 
six minutes you get in the hallways between bells. Yeah. So, What's up, baby? So at school, they became um, inseparable. They yeah, ate lunch. hanging out. I would assume that he he kicked it with his back on the wall beside a locker. She was right in front of him with her ass to his, his front. And then he must have had his hands like in her hoodie her, pockets. Uh, yeah. And they just chilled like that until the bell rang. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. And then they kissed each other for 10 minutes. <coughs> With tongue and shit. And, and then, then he went hard class. as a rock to class. For sure. Yeah. So. All right, baby. <laughs> All right, baby. See you after health. Yeah. And they would walk down the hallway hand in hand. <clears throat> they ate lunch together. Sometimes they would skip class and slip away to Aaron's pickup to oh, fool around. Oh, shit. Yeah. So around that time, um, Terry and Penny finally relented a little because cowboy had been around for a while it, they didn't seem to be losing steam and it seemed like things were just going to continue into a re, you know a further relationship yeah. so her parents were like all right we'll allow cowboy to take you to dinner every now and then as long as you're home by 9 30 on the dot <coughs> have to be home good luck however the couple never actually went to dinner because obviously your parents even though it's a small community how are they going to know if you don't give them enough details and they don't look into it. Where are you going? And they didn't. We're going to McDonald's. <laughs> yeah. So most of the time, instead of going out to dinner, they would end up at a friend's house where they could be alone or semi-alone. Um, soon after... Yeah, that one friend with like the shitty parents. Like, yeah, I, you guys can go hang out in the basement and fuck. Like, yeah. Whatever. Well, ch- um, Cowboy had an older friend who had a trailer. Oh. I mean, he was like in his 20s. And that's where it all goes down. Yep. Come so, on over to the single wide. Yep. Yeah, yep. So um, soon after the restrictions were lifted a little bit, they had sex for the first time. Okay. Yep. Roller skates off. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> you going to take those off? I don't take my skates off. No, they stay on. Um, so not long after they... Uh, have sex for the first time they're driving around one night on a country road cowboy randomly pulls over and asks her to get out of the car with him and she's like okay so they just are standing in front of his car in the headlights in this very movie moment and cowboy kneels on the pavement and presents an engagement ring to Aaron that's his his grandmother's ring that's been passed down to him and he says it's not a formal proposal I'm presenting this as a promise ring though I very much intend to marry you once we're old enough. Okay. Chill out, Eric Foreman. <laughs> yeah. So he finally, finally swipes that V card. And then he's like, here's a diamond ring. Yeah. He was like, <laughs> gets, finally get some pussy. It's like, um, what would you like? I'll give you everything I have. I'll give you everything my mother has. I'll kill someone. Everything. Yeah, it's whatever you need. Yeah. Whatever you need. Whatever Just you let need. me know. Yeah. So a couple of days later, Penny and Aaron uh, are... Penny, her mom, and Aaron are talking at a church function, and Aaron's, you know, talking with her hands, and she, like, does something. awesome hand gestures. hand gestures. Uh, And Penny notices the engagement ring on her finger. No, but how would someone notice that? Yeah. So... Aaron's like, well, it's not an engagement ring. It's It's a promise ring that will eventually be an engagement ring. And Penny's like, no, you need to give that ring back. That's yeah. not how... No. No, 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 no. You're 16. Yeah, that's an engagement ring. Yeah, that's an engagement Whatever ring. you want to call it. And she's like, you're too young to make such a commitment. And Aaron's like, what? And Penny's like, hang on. I'm going to go get your father. So she immediately goes and finds Terry, tells him. He's like, I'll be right back. Cowboy's outside of the fellowship hall playing basketball. 
Yeah, so, for, God, for God. Yeah, yeah, for God. So Terry walks out and is like, what are you doing? That was totally inappropriate for you to propose to my 16-year-old daughter. Like, you can't... Yeah. No. And he's, he's like, I'm not t- technically proposing. I'm just promising. And he's like, no, you can't promise myself to my daughter or promise yourself to my daughter. She's 16. You're too young. You can't make these type of commitments. And you've only been dating for a couple months. Yeah. Yeah. So Terry, in his conversation with Charlie, he starts becoming, excuse me, cowboy. He starts becoming a little bit more and more uneasy about the relationship, how fast it's moving, obviously. And he's like, um, you did what? Oh, oh, you guys had sex. Yeah. I think he knows immediately that that's what's happened. Yeah. It just went from like puppy love. Oh, we got to be together all the time. It's like, oh, you're. You're you're jumping up quick. Yeah. You guys had sex. Yeah, you guys obviously had sex. You ate meat. You ate meat. You had sex. You had sex. Not you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, their biggest complaint was basically that when Terry talked to Cowboy, he was like, ah. and he was like, you're so nonchalant. Like, what? Like, you, everything about you. So then Terry starts thinking about everything that's happened with Cowboy. And he brings up. And he's like, oh, you know, even the fact of, like, the first time I met you, you were at my house sitting in my armchair, you know, my red foreman chair, with your legs over it. I come in, and you don't even get up or shake my hand. Like, Uh-oh. Maybe you, he came in his pants. Yeah, couldn't get up to shake the, the parents' hands. Yeah, so after he starts thinking about all of these things and all of these incidents with Cowboy, and it really gets him thinking, and he's obviously like, you have fucked my daughter... He and Penny start talking about it, and he's like, I, he doesn't respect me. There's no way he respects our daughter. So they're like, in their minds... You're not giving him any ass, though, bro. Probably yeah. respects her a little more than yeah. you. Yeah, so basically when he was confronted, all Cowboy did was shrug and say that he loved Aaron, and he was ready to make that commitment. And they were like, no, you, that's not happening. And I'm telling like, you, you're not ready. Yeah, and he's like, well, that's... That's what's going to happen. And they're like, all right, well, we're going to limit your visit- visits then. You used to be over here every night. Now you can only come over once a week. Okay, well, I'll just be promised to her and kind of engaged to her once a week then. Yeah. So then when he was over there, he was they were under the constant supervision of one or both of the parents. So always in the room the entire time he's And he's there. getting patted down for jewelry every time he gets to the door. Like, you got any other bullshit to give her? Yeah, yeah, exactly. No more rings, bro. So, obviously, that infuriated Erin. She was staying with her aunt one weekend, and during a conversation about what was going on, she told her aunt, well, I plan on running away with Cowboy the moment I turn 17. Which is like, don't tell your aunt. Yeah. She's related to your parents. Yeah. Who do you think you're talking to? <laughs> yeah. So tensions grew and grew. Aaron and Penny were fighting more and more. Aaron called Cowboy once in tears saying that um, her and her mom had gotten in an argument and Penny had smacked her, slapped her across the face. And she was like, I just can't believe she hit me. You know, that's some you're 16. Yeah, that's your mom. That's some like, bitch. All right. You really need to listen. Yeah. So this is just a couple of weeks after um, after she goes back to school after they have sex, after he pr- gives her this ring, this is early February. So this is only a span of like a couple weeks. Penny walks past Aaron's room one night and she hears her giggling. And it's past the phone curfew. Yikes. And so she, you know, 
kicks in the door and again she kick in, in the, the door, door waving the four she probably four. just opened the door but anyway she found that Aaron had snuck her cell phone into the bedroom and was on the phone with Cowboy. Uh oh. And so Aaron was. Hold on, what year are we talking about here? This is um. Have to go back. Oh, it's, it's the same year. No, this is, she's sixteen, two thousand seven. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um. <clears throat> so yeah, so two thousand seven. Um, she's doing basically everything she can to talk to this boy, and her parents are doing everything they can to make her not like have yeah. the ability to so she steals the phone she's talking to him so she's immediately grounded her car her phone are taken away for weeks her parents drove her to and from school um and then charlie's one day a week visits becomes no days a week and that's indefinite they're like until uh, we say he's allowed back over uh-oh yeah they're gonna be <clears throat> hanging out in that truck a lot more uh but there's no way for them to hang out in the truck her parents are driving in her school. But she, while they're at school? They would well, sneak off I with like some I class. assume that their parents probably put the school on notice about oh, that. Oh, it was shit. like, oh yeah, yeah, if she's not in class, my we have a we have an issue. I I personally have had a situation where someone I knew was doing that and I was at lunch one day and saw the parent and was like, "What are you doing here?" And they're like, "I heard she's not here." <laughs> and I was like, "Oh yeah, she's par- no, her car's gone. Uh, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I think she's. Have a good day. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I don't want to. It's like I'm I don't not trying to get throw involved anyone in under that. the bus. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, the people at the church started sensing that there was something definitely going wrong in this house. Obviously. Yeah. With this boy and Aaron, the whole church, would obviously heard how fast everything was moving. Terry and Penny were talking to the people at the church. You know, getting advice from. They're, they're people like what do we do with our daughter she's moving too far. are we being too harsh is this being too much you know they're talking to people so everyone knows what's going on <clears throat> penny starts becoming more withdrawn and she finally declines to go to a woman's church retreat saying that she needs to spend more time with her family which is not something that penny's ever done she's always been at every event for the church she's not ever let her family life get in her way so uh, obviously the women in the church at this point are like well she's still working yeah she's still working but she's you know that's it you know it's it's not like it's not the happy you know joyous house that where everyone is like everything's going well and they're she's not happy at all either no no now it's like going to work she's like fuck yeah no one's happy welcome to sonic at church functions aaron they said that she was distracted um they said that she was like at a function for this valentine's day dinner um that was being hosted by the youth group and she was supposed to be filling waters up but she would just kind of stand there and like you know so she was like thinking about her dude because she's thinking about her dude her parents are bummed because their daughter you know is rebelling and quote-unquote hates them just a big shit situation yes terrible situation so February 21st, um, Terry's father, so Aaron's grandfather, died of a heart attack. The family wasn't necessarily close to him. I, I don't know if there was just some weirdness with Terry and his father, but they just weren't very close. But the family decided to perform Amazing Grace in his honor at the funeral anyway. Again, Penny played piano. Bubba played the guitar. Terry and Tyler both played harmonicas. Aaron was supposed to sing. Um, but instead of, you know, crying or making this big emotional thing, like I said, she used to, she was half-hearted, distracted. Eventually she just stopped singing altogether. 
and her cousin finished the song. So yeah. it's like, you know, just definitely not the situation that anyone should be singing at. And it's like, what, what, what is going on? She here? wants to be hanging out against the wall with his hands in, in her, her pockets. In her hoodie, yeah. And they want to be fucking. Yeah. And not, snuggling none of this. and chilling in the yeah. truck. So the pastor's wife said that at that that she sensed um, that something at that at that moment she sensed something was spiritually wrong with Aaron, and that her anointing had lifted because she couldn't sing and couldn't keep um, focus on anything. And that's when the pastor and his wife became deeply worried about the family. Uh, just to explain to you, the anointing has lifted. What that means? Yeah, I was gonna ask. Uh, Aaron's faith is burning out. And she's losing her way. Oh, we'll just let Jesus take the wheel. Yeah. It'll be all right. But she's not letting Jesus take the wheel. Uh, she's she has taken the wheel. The wheel. I see. I'd like to break the wheel. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the preacher uh, and his wife talk to Terry and Penny about the whole situation. They pull him aside and they were like, hey, can we give you some advice on what they think he would help? And their advice was, you need to break Aaron and Cowboy up. For good. Like, in this, she'll go on. It's puppy love. They'll move on. Things will be good. So that's the advice the preacher gave. So six days later on the 27th, the uh, Terry and Penny demanded that Aaron break up so with him. I mean, like, hey, him. hey, Aaron, uh, we know you've been having the worst week of your life. Allow us to... Um, make it worse? Make it so much worse. Mm-hmm. So before they had that conversation, Penny had stopped by the local library. She got online to look at Charlie's MySpace um, profile, and she saw that there were comments on there about having sex and getting drunk. And so they were like, oh, this is even worse than we thought. Like, it confirmed Terry's suspicions and, you know, you know that kind of stuff. And then the getting drunk thing was just put him over the edge. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Well, Baptists don't drink. Um so Aaron came home that afternoon. Terry and Penny were in the living room waiting on her. And Terry said, look, it's over. You're breaking up with him today. Now? Like, it's happening. Aaron didn't protest. She she told them that she had wanted to break up with Cowboy for a while, but she wasn't sure how. And so when the family left to go to their Wednesday Bible study, Aaron promised she would definitely end things for him or with him. So that was... February 27th, on March 1st, in the small town, uh, there's only one officer on duty. His name was Char- Charles Dicker- Dickerson. About 4.30 that morning, he had a call that took him deep into the woods uh, along a one-lane gravel road. As he headed west, or excuse me, east along that gravel road, still pretty dark out because there was no daylight, Um he was trying to find a mailbox, you know, landmark to try to figure out where he's going to make sure he's going to the right place for the call because he's going out into the middle of the country. Yeah. Um, and as he rounds a bend in the road, that's when the trees start clearing a little bit. And he sees kind of a murky orange glow. And he's like, oh, that's something on fire. So as he drives closer, which is not what his original call was, he's not originally called there for a fire. So he's driving up and he sees a house on fire and he realizes that it's the um, Caffey house. Caffey. Yeah. So 
it appears to have been burning for some time because the structure was fully engulfed in flames. The metal roof had begun to buckle already. So he radios dispatch, has the fire department come out, and that's when he proceeds to the guy next door, Tommy, who is in the Christian band, who had the quote earlier about the perfect family. He was the one who originally made a call. So this detective driving down, gets the people out, fire department out, and then he goes on to the original call. So he goes into Tommy's house. Tommy's the older man um, I spoke of earlier. He is one of the closest neighbors to the Caffies. Coffees? Caffies? Coffees. Yeah. Uh, when Charles, the detective, arrived at the, or the sheriff, arrived at the house, he was greeted by Tommy, who had a look of relief. And when he stepped back from the doorway and the sheriff looked in, he realized there was a man on the floor um, who had been shot five times or so. What? Once in the head, twice in the shoulder, twice more in the back. The man's face and upper body were caked with blood. Um, And despite the fact that the night had been very cold, the approximately 40-some-year-old man was wearing a T-shirt, pajama pants, um, no shoes, and one single wet sock. Terry. Yes. After being shot, which I'll explain to you what happened in a minute, Terry had stumbled and crawled the 500 yards between his house and Tommy's through like the woods, which took him about an hour because he had been shot five times. Along the way, he had fallen into a little creek in the back, um, had almost drowned because, again, been shot five times yeah um but of course the fire behind him kept growing more and more intense he knew that he had a family going into the situation so he did everything he could finally made it to tommy's house immediately collapses on the floor tommy calls the sheriff now we're here so when the sheriff asks what happened terry is still able to speak and say wow they're all gone Char- charles wilkinson cowboy shot my family Oh, all? That's what he said. They're all gone. Charles, Charlie Wilkinson shot my family, is his quote. Holy shit. It's Terry. Didn't seem to, like, he was going to be pulling through this. Investigators were like, we got to ask him as many questions as we can now. In Before hopes of lights resolving out. It. Yeah. So Terry gives them some information. He confirms that Cowboy is his daughter's boyfriend who they had recently demanded that they stop seeing each other. Um, he said that Charlie, uh, excuse me, Cowboy had broken into his house. Um, Terry said, all I remember was we were sleeping and I woke up to gunshots and, you know, then there was a fire. So the, the sheriff's like, I can't quite believe what I'm hearing because his sons, the sheriff's sons, were friends with the cowboy. Yeah. And he had been on trips with him, hunting trips and camping trips. and Cool story, bro. But that's what I'm saying. Anybody can do anything. But I, I'm saying it's a small town, so he's like, you know, I, I'm, um, this is a little weird to me. Um, and he was like... Oh, really? My house is burning. It's well, a lot well, weird no, no, to no, me. No. You know, he's trying to wrap his head around it. And then the sheriff's like, oh, you know what? I've actually saw that shitty... Explore, like I saw Cowboys Explorer at Matthew uh, Wade's house Shitty. on the way here. Bite your tongue, bro. We're talking about a 91 Explorer. Excuse me. That bitchin' khaki. Yeah, pussy magnet. Yeah. yeah, the pussy magnet. So he was like, I, I saw him at Matthew Wade's trailer on the way here. Like I was driving past their yeah. house to the call. Matthew's the boy I was talking about earlier. He's a couple years older than, than um, the Cowboy one with was. The, the one with the trailer. Yeah, yeah. The smash zone yeah so yeah so the investigators 
obviously they get someone out there for Terry. Um, and then they drive to Matthew's trailer. Uh, obviously all the lights are out cause it's like, you know, early in the morning. Yeah. Um, when they knock on the door, a male teenager who no one knew, so not someone within the community, um, answered the door groggily and told them he was unsure if this cowboy person had been there that night or not, but he was like, just come on in. <laughs> it's like not your trailer. Sure. You don't know this person. And nobody knows you, but yeah, she's coming. I in. haven't seen any cowboys. Yeah. You can come in and look. <laughs> so the investigator or the officers walk through the trailer, um, which is of course piled because this guy's in his early twenties and he's letting teenagers come here and fuck. Uh, pizza boxes and yeah, condoms, dirty clothes, empty beer cans, you know, all that kind of shit. Um, they walk through the trailer and find Matthew and his girlfriend in bed asleep. They wake him up and they're like, Hey, you know where cowboy is, you know, what's going on so they're starting to talk to him another officer continues down the hallway and he sees a room with a blanket covering like the empty door frame so he pulls back the blanket and shines his flashlight into the room and he sees cowboy laying on a mattress awake he's wearing just like jeans um and there's a handgun laying on the floor near him oh so the officer is like hey 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 uh you know, he knows him. So he's like, it's, it's Kurt. And he's like, can I, cowboy, can I see your hands? And he hesitates and he's like, what's going on? And the officer's like, I need to see your hands. And so. Does he, is he pointing a gun at no, him no, this no, whole it's time? Just near, oh, the officer? The officer. I'm assuming at this point. I would fucking hope so. So anyway, they finally get cowboy up. They get him handcuffed. Uh, they lead him outside. They sit him on the porch. They read him as Miranda rights. I'm sorry. Was he just laying in there like Cameron? Just looking at the ceiling? Yeah. Because you said he was awake. Yeah. He's just laying there. Yeah. Not making a sound, listening to the cops come in, listening to all this go down. Yeah. He's like, oh, I guess they'll get to my room here in a moment. Mm -hmm. Okay. I mean, what's he going to do, run? Well, I know that, but what, like, okay. Yeah, yeah, I know. Well, I, I know what he's going to do. I'll tell you. <laughs> I'll tell you. Um, they said, they read him his rights. They told him that he was being taken in for questioning because... Terry Caffey had been shot five times and the rest of the family killed. Got shot nine times in the ear. Yeah. And so they, he, they said, they asked him if Cowboy was involved. He said, no, sir. I got drunk last night and passed out. Oh, so that's easy what, enough. Yeah. So um, they sent another officer inside to grab, you know, a shirt and some shoes for him. What time did they get shot? About 3.30 a.m. Yeah, I was drunk. I was drunk. Yeah, I was drunk. I Even was exactly it's, drunk. It's only five now, but I'm still drunk. <laughs> So the other officer goes back in to grab clothes, and when he grabs what clearly is what Charlie was wearing, uh, excuse me, Cowboy was wearing earlier, the shirt and boots are splattered with blood. Oh. Yeah. That's a little suspect. A little bit, a little bit. So at daybreak, um, the fire was still going, is smoldering out at this point. Volunteer firefighters had struggled for several hours to put out the fire because of how long it had been burning and how hot it was at the point that they finally got there to fight it. So the her the house burnt down to its foundation. Fuck. Yeah. Uh, later that day, they were able to find the bodies of Bubba and Tyler, um, which they pulled from the rebel. So... What the fuck? <clears throat> so then uh, Cowboy was brought to the county jail. Officers obtained a search warrant for the trailer. They went back to collect any evidence that might tie Charlie, excuse me, Cowboy, to the crime scene. In the living room, they found a camouflage purse with a driver's license in it that belonged to Aaron. 
camouflage perts as in like fashionably camouflage yeah not like it All was right. being camouflage well we know this girl's style yeah so the officers went back to the bedroom where they had found cowboy and they started searching it but then they realized they like were trying to turn on the light and realized there was no overhead light but there was again blankets on the window and stuff so they pulled down the blankets to kind of like illuminate the room a little bit so they could see better so you could see the funk <clears throat> so when they did they realized that there were spent shell casings all around like the carpet in the room and that there was a box of ammunition sitting next to the mattress so it's like all right well if we find anything we clearly have stuff to match it to yeah um and so among you know they also found some more dirty clothes used condoms near the closet there was a blanket um that was kind of plowed on the floor a little weird and the officer of course moved it to see if anything was under it and when they did they found like this they saw this like like you know, like clump of blonde hair. Oh, and they're fuck. like, oh, it must be a doll. And so the officer goes to move the blonde hair and then it, the doll, quote no. unquote, blinks. 